When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Welcome to Car Stuff, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. Hello and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm your host, Scott Benjamin. I'll start again. Wait, which one of us? <laughs> I just forgot. You do. No, you I, do. I, I like yes, Normally, you go next. Okay. Normal. All right. Sorry, guys. It's Sorry. all right. No problem. Hello and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm your host, Scott Benjamin. I'm Ben Bolin. And I am Kurt Guerin. And today, guys, I think we've got a treat for our listeners. I hope we do, anyways. Mm-hmm. At least it's for us, anyway. It was fun looking this stuff up. I think today what we'll talk about is famous car collectors or, or celebrity car collectors or people that are known to have enormous collections of vehicles that are unique or, or strange or interesting in some way. And uh, I ran into a few snags along the way that we'll probably talk about as we get to them because there are a few people on this list that I've got... I've got I've got three or four pages of people here listed, um, just kind of laundry listed, lots of them, that are credited with having car collections that I'm not so sure about. Yeah, you know, I may have found something similar while we were doing some digging on this, but I propose then that we additionally consider ranking these car collectors or collections uh, in an entirely arbitrary fashion, just based on um, what we find here. It's so (laughs) interesting. We've done stuff like we previously did an episode, uh, I believe, on the car collection of the Sultan of Brunei, which we've got to at least give an honorable mention. Can I just say something about this? Because I looked that up today knowing that we were going to talk about this, and I figured he would come up at some point, Uh somehow. So the Sultan's car collection, as of 2019, the most recent article I could find, and I don't, again, all the numbers on these are completely not credible. I mean, the sources that you get this information from is like filtered through many, many people. So you get numbers like this. His car collection is somewhere between five and 7,000 cars. Five and seven thousand. That's a huge number, a discrepancy between five and seven thousand. And they're not all Yugos. Yeah, they're not, definitely not. But you know what? I would 
tend to believe the 5,000 number, maybe close to that, you know, somewhere around there. Of course, it could have grown, but, you know, 7,000, that's an awful lot. And, of course, the value then, you know, someone throws a value on it, and that gets inflated or deflated along the way as well. So I've seen numbers as high as $2.3 trillion in value for this collection. Now, there's a lot of problems with those numbers, I know. You know I mean, that's a, that's a huge number to begin with, and we've seen photos from inside, right? Remember that's that? true, yeah. And a lot of them were what, covered in moss inside. They were neglected, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't there, There's also a prince involved in this whole thing who uh, has an, an equally impressive car collection right. that is known as part of the Sultan's collection, I believe, or you know, there's some kind of tie-in there. I'd have to go back to the old Car Stuff episode and, and check it out to f- figure out exactly what is happening there between the two collections, but they're somehow intertwined. Prince Jeffrey is the Sultan's brother. That's the one. He's the scar to the Mufasa. I saw a... Uh, what do you call it? I saw an estimated <laughs> value of $300 million, okay. which I thought was high, but I find much more believable than anything touching a trillion. Okay, two, yeah, yeah, 2.3 trillion and then 7,000 cars. I, I don't know. I'm just not buying those numbers. I don't understand how that math would work. No, you know I don't I mean? think so. Again, all, you're going to find a variety of numbers and, and estimated values associated with this collection along the way. But the ones that we're talking about today, you're going to find uh, a couple of equally wacky claims i think along but but you just have to kind of read between the lines like there's somewhere there's some amount of truth to all of these that you'll read some are dead accurate some down to the very vehicle um as of the time of this recording that you know we found credible sources and we found the exact number of vehicles and you know the estimated value by the owner and that type of thing but for the most part it's like yeah they got a whole fleet of this type of vehicle and that's interesting because of this and we'll we'll Mm -hmm. kind of plow through it that way if you want to simplify this whole thing. For sure. I'm excited to see where this goes. Who wants to do the honors? Who's going to kick off our first collector? Now that we've now that we've completely disrespected the legacy of the Sultan of Brunei, <laughs> who, <laughs> by know, the way, does have the means to get to it. You know what? I think, do you mind if I, if I start here with a couple of not current, but historical collectors that I think we should probably mention? Oh, yeah, please. Uh, and I, by historical, I mean, we've talked about them in the past. They're uh, maybe collectors from decades past that uh, we don't necessarily think about or they don't pop up on these lists that we search for and, and, you know, try to find when we, you know, like the most impressive car collections, the most expensive car collections. You know, a guy like Bill Hera doesn't come up on the list very often, although he had an incredible collection that was, I think, eventually dispersed recently in a uh, in a large auction or auctions, I should say, somewhere between like he's had around 1,400 cars in his collection. Now, this is a guy that made his money out of, you know, he's a casino magnet. Right. Um, Reno, Nevada, not Las Vegas, like a lot of people think, but Reno, Nevada. There's an also, think about George Barris. Barris was a, a builder, but he was also a car guy, a collector. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a car guy. You know he had a, an incredible car collection for himself, not just, you know, the products that were coming in and going out of his door. And the last one I want to mention, maybe, maybe, Elvis. We don't think of Elvis all that often anymore on this show. We, we've mentioned him in the years past, we, and for a while, we were kind of in a uh, in a in a groove where we were talking about Elvis many many times. He just kept coming up. Is well, the thing he did. There was there was like the surge of popularity in Elvis's cars, or you know, um, Elvis trivia. I don't remember if it was like an anniversary of his death or something. I don't remember what happened, but for a while. There were Elvis cars touring and, you know, being, like, shown in museums and, you know, they'd have bullet holes in the steering wheel and things, you know, the from Elvis, shooting them when he was mad when they wouldn't start. But, my God, I think he ended up giving away more cars than he actually kept, really. But I uh, had known for his Cadillacs, of course. So I had an impressive collection. I know that um, at, Graceland, at Graceland there is a, a relatively impressive collection of cars at Graceland still, if you want to go check those out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, King's long gone, unfortunately, and uh, have to just uh, assume that his collection isn't really going to grow in the near future. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> going back to George Barris real quick, though, I, I can't remember if I told you guys off air, you know, I went out to see the Peterson Museum recently, which we'll, we'll do it. That's its own episode, I think. But I saw something that I had never seen before, and maybe it's because I was a little too young for it. George Barris, we all know he made the Batmobile. Right? Mm-hmm. He also made a car for the Joker. Oh, it really? Was, yeah, it's uh, the 1966 Mongrel T. Oh, cool. Those are surfboard seats yeah. here. It's covered in the most ridiculous Dr. Seussian kind of ornamentation <laughs> and garish paint. But we, I want to dive into that. I just didn't know the Joker had his own car. I don't think I, you know, realized that either. I mean, uh, Kurt, we didn't come across that when we were talking about the seventies hot rods. No, no. I don't uh. think it. I honestly don't think it belongs in that kind of conversation because it is so ridiculous. But it's the one that stopped me because you know a lot of times when you go to a museum or something, you think you have kind of a grasp of what sort of stuff you're going to see, uh, whether it's an art museum, whether it's, of course, in our case, an auto museum. I also saw we should probably also mention Bruce Meyer, uh, founder of the Peterson Museum. He has an entire collection of vehicles there. But but I think the thing is, these people that we're naming so far, I feel like everybody expects them to have a car collection. Yeah, you know what I, I mean? think you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some unexpected ones along the way as, as well. Hey, uh, Kurt, did you find a car collector that surprised you? Yeah, well, I didn't expect Ralph Lauren to have such a car collection. Ralph Lauren. I wouldn't Lauren. have associated him with automobiles, but his collection is very impressive. Now, this is news to me. Does he uh, specialize in certain vehicles? Like, you know, some people... Very nice ones. <laughs> yeah, his is uh, very well curated, very well taken care of. Lots of Ferraris, Mercedes. His collection, like I that. believe, travels the world. Or it has, it is, in, it yeah. has in the past, mm-hmm. anyway. I don't know if it still does. It's, it's, it's based primarily in New York, right? Mm-hmm. But... His thing, if, if I'm not mistaken, Kurt, is that uh, he, he decides, and you're right, they're all immaculate vehicles. They're all works of art to him. Yeah. And I think I saw a quote somewhere from him. He said he never even considers himself a collector, which I thought was really weird. He considers himself, what did he say, man? There's a, a he, he says the cars are more like a, a part of him. He comes at it in a different way. They are beautiful, though. I mean, they're, they're concourse-level vehicles, every one of them. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. That raises another point that I think can go into our rating system for car collectors, which is, you know, there is, I think, a bright line drawn between the people who collect cars as objects or people who collect cars that they want to use. They want to take them out. They want to drive them themselves. You know, there there are several collectors we'll get to who are famous for especially with older cars, for actually knowing how to operate them, which sadly sometimes, you know, people get so carried away with the money that they just buy these things and they hide them in a garage and they rot away, like, no offense if you're listening, the Sultan of Brunei. Mm -hmm. I also find that um, a lot of these collectors will kind of covet a certain type of, like a model or a make, and they'll collect many, many of that make or model and kind of forget about the other types of vehicles that are in that class of vehicle as well. And I don't know. It, to me, you know, it's it's an interesting collection uh, to have, you know, 10 or 15 Ferraris in your collection. Sure. I mean, who wouldn't love that? But 
Um, but also at the same time, wouldn't it be kind of cool to have five and then, you know, five of something else and then five of something else that are in a similar fashion? You know, if it's a sports car, a luxury car, whatever it happens to be, a race car maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it would be a more interesting collection maybe if it was like a little bit a little bit more variety, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and you don't find that with too many of the people that I found on these lists. So if you don't mind, I'll, I'll jump right in. One guy that does have a huge variety, and, uh-huh. and I feel like we just have to say this right up front, and, and I think we all know who I'm going to mention I first. feel like I know. Do you right. feel like you can guess, Kurt? This is just... Uh-huh. I do. This is just to get at this out of the way, because everybody talks about this guy with his cars. It's Jay Leno, of course, right? And as of, okay, this is, again, the the most recent I could find, but as of December 30th, 2019, so only about a month ago, this this is recorded, or so, he has approximately 181 cars and 160 motorcycles. Now, I'll I'll be honest with you, I thought he actually had more than that. Yeah, I did too. Did he sell some? Well, here's the interesting thing, and this is really cool about Jay Leno, is that he likes to drive them. He likes to make sure that they all operate. He knows the ins and outs of all of them. He knows the mechanics. He loves to talk about them, loves to to get them out on the road. Um, the interesting thing about his collection is that he's continually buying and selling his cars. So it's always changing. There's always something new, something fresh there. And he knows how they work. This is the guy I was yeah. talking about. He owns a 1909 Stanley Steamer. And he knows how to operate. Yeah, which is really cool. That's I impressive. I, I hope that's one he never gets rid of because that's just such a, a fascinating piece of his collection, I know. Uh, we've, we've seen that one on video being started and operated, and it's just it's always interesting to watch someone start a car with a, you know, a fire underneath. It takes like 20 <laughs> to 30 minutes to get that thing ready to go. You know, it's funny. I, um, I was really kind of digging into the, this collection just because, you know, we've, we've seen it's kind of a mythical collection, right? I mean, everybody, you see little bits and pieces of it on Jay Leno's garage, and you, you've seen him around town on them, and you know he's got a huge collection. A lot of people stop by with their vehicle and let him drive. So that's kind of a, uh, what would you call that? A, uh, a, not a, I don't know what, a, not a decoy, not a red flag, what a red herring, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, someone stops in and says, hey, here's our product. Why don't you drive it and tell us what you think? And then they drive home with it. You know, it's their own car. But he's a, he owns a lot of these himself, of course. And uh, his his estimated value of his collection, somewhere around $52 million. Again, I said it's 181 cars, 160 motorcycles. Of course, that's an estimate only. But I want to tell you this about one specific vehicle because they did ask him in the DuPont registry what the most valuable car in his collection is. And I think he said that it was his McLaren F1. And that's a car we've, you know, focused mm-hmm. on in the past, a very specific vehicle uh, that we've talked about. And that vehicle alone, just that one car in his collection, valued somewhere between 14 and $17 million for that one vehicle in his collection. And I found out something kind of interesting about this. The F1, the McLaren F1, is so valuable as a collector vehicle and so rare at this point that even at McLaren's headquarters, if you were to travel to McLaren's headquarters, you would find that they are unable to keep more than three examples under the same roof at any one time because their insurance company forbids them to do so because the value of them is so high. So if if there was something to happen to the building, a fire, whatever, a flood, I don't know, they're not allowed to have more than three, even at McLaren headquarters, under the same roof. They have to to store them in separate facilities if they happen to have more than three. So I thought that was pretty cool. I never had learned that about F1. That's kind of like the 
It's kind of like the the old rumor about the Coca-Cola recipe, right? Three people know it, and they're not allowed on the same plane at the same time. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's the rumor. Oh, that's, uh, you know what? That's kind of a, a neat mythology to keep. Uh, sure. Know, um, I wouldn't be surprised if their PR people made that yeah, up. Yeah, I like it, though. Uh, I do want to say also that that's not the only McLaren Jay Leno owns, right? I think he also has a P1. I'm sure somewhere in there. Yeah, but even that, hard to believe. That was That's less valuable than, you know, as far as insurance goes, uh, than the F1. Um, you know, another one, if, if you don't mind my jumping ahead here, and jump in any time here with, with your own, but Gordon Ramsay, celebrity chef Gordon Ramsay, quite the car guy. I had no idea. Yeah. Um, but if you look around, you can find articles about Gordon Ramsay, um, you know, receiving his latest Ferrari at, you know, some event, some club event, or, you know, some event that they're having at a racetrack or, you know, a, uh, an open house of some sort. But he's got a lot of Ferraris in his garage. And uh, in fact, one of them, well, actually a couple of them, he's got one LaFerrari that he bought. Uh, it's a special model. Uh, it's valued at, you know, more than $3 million for just the one. Um, he's got, you know, an 812 Superfast. He's got a McLaren Senna. He's also got a Porsche 918 Spider. He's got a, something called a BAC Mono, which is uh, from Briggs Automotive Company. That's like a $250,000 single seat race car, essentially, for the road. I mean, I know you say race car a lot, but when you look at this car, the BAC Mono, it's definitely a race car looking car. It looks like a, it looks like an open wheel race car almost. Really cool. Very, very cool thing to have. Uh, but I had no idea that, um, I mean, I knew that they made a lot of money, but I didn't know that a celebrity chef made enough money to, you know, be buying a $3 million Ferrari. Well, doesn't that guy have like six shows on at any given time? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know why I see him any different than like, you know, some rock star or something you know, yeah. like that, uh, that makes just a pile of money for doing what they do. I mean, that's, that's fantastic for him. I mean, sure. the guy's a car guy. Yeah. Um, he loves it. He really does enjoy what he does. He drives his cars too, I think. So um, and That's a point for him. You know what, yeah. guys? I'm going to start keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start keeping score on this. Just to... <laughs> All right. Well, I said, I said rock star. You guys find any rock stars that you found interesting on this list? Because you know, it seems that people that are in that kind of rock and roll lifestyle also like to collect fast cars. And sometimes even have cars custom built for them, right? Like, uh, I would say a lot of us know that Sammy Hagar has a car collection, mm-hmm. right? That's a very well-known one. Oh, yeah. But if you remember the band Jamiroquai, no? No one? <laughs> Kurt? I remember. Yeah. I do. I vaguely remember. I don't think I could <laughs> sing a song, but I remember that furry Dr. Seuss-esque hat. Yeah. yeah. Well, the front man of that outfit, guy named J.K., is a big car collector. He has he has some rare finds too. He's got a Mercedes Benz 300 SL. He's got the Porsche uh, 911. He's got an Aston Martin DB6 Mark One. He's he's got cars where there were you know just a, a very small limited run sure. made. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Gullwing Mercedes. I like those. Mm-hmm. And very not, cool. Yeah, and not to be a jerk, but um, I was just where you are with Gordon Ramsay. I thought. All right, Jamiroquai was successful, but how, did they make that much money? Because there were a lot of people in that band. Maybe, you know? uh, maybe JK has got his own side business going. You know, maybe yeah, he's yeah, also yeah. a producer or something. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, you just never know. Or like um, he opened a restaurant, like the Iron Sheik from wrestling or something. Yeah, yeah you're right. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Right here in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I think so. No, no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of Abdullah the Butcher. Oh, here you know in Atlanta. What? I might be thinking of Abdullah as well. well. Who knows? Maybe they both went into it. It sounds like it's very lucrative from yeah. what, I, what I understand. Well, the uh, uh, musician and rapper 50 Cent made most of his money off of vitamin water. Oh, is that right? That's true. Oh, he I made didn't know millions. 
You know that, Kurt? No. I didn't know that either. How about this? Any of you guys Pink Floyd fans? Yeah. Pink Floyd? Yeah, yeah. You've heard of them, right, Kurt? I mean, Kurt's a young guy. I yeah, of course. He's Dark Side of, of the Moon, I believe, was oh, yeah. one of their <laughs> records. <laughs> so understated. <laughs> I did. I had, I, had you, I had you pegged as a Pink Floyd fan for some reason. I don't know why. But Nick Mason, drummer for Pink Floyd, uh, he is a huge car collector. And I know that we've talked about Nick Mason in the past with uh, his, car, his car collection. I believe he has a um, an airport hangar somewhere loaded with cars, a huge fleet of Ferraris, as they as they like to say, a, a fleet of cars. I like to. Uh, I'd like to have a fleet of cars someday. I'd, yeah, man. Closest I've ever come. I had three cars at one time, and that was it. Is that a fleet, though? How um, many cars is in a fleet? I don't know. I don't think it's three. Uh, and we'll talk about the three later. It was nothing impressive like what Nick Mason has. <laughs> Included in his car collection, he has uh, the 512S that came from the Steve McQueen movie, the uh, Le Mans. Wow. So that's kind of a cool one. I mean, I think most people can picture that car uh, right off the bat. There's also um, a Jaguar that was a, uh, uh, you know, of course, raced at Le Mans with racing history, so that's kind of a cool thing. I would guess it's a Type D if I had had to guess. And he's got a Bugatti. I think it's the, the racing type also, the Type 35, which is kind of that old, you know, the one with the horseshoe radiator in the front. Mm-hmm. Usually, usually painted in a light blue open wheel, that yeah, kind yeah. of design. Very cool. Um, but also, one other car that he's got in his collection, he's got many, many cars, by the way, but... Um, yeah, he has like two aircraft hangers. Two? Okay, I, yeah. more than I thought even. But I so, know that he's seen, regularly seen at shows around. Yeah, he has he has two aircraft hangers, and even with all that space, they're parked so tight that they, they have maybe like approximately a foot apart from each, which just makes me nervous thinking yeah. about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> that guy needs another aircraft hanger. I mean, really. I mean, we've all run into that before. Well, right? I sell one car, buy another aircraft hanger. There you That's go. Get in front of it. He's not, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, not, he's, not, he's, not, he's not using his head. All right, so one car in particular of his collection that I thought was pretty interesting, he owns, he owns a uh, an original, a, a real Ferrari 250 GTO, which there's a lot, there are a lot of replicas out there, but this is one that uh, he, this is funny because he wrote this about this car a long time ago. This is when... Uh, he bought it in 1977, so, you know, Pink Floyd's still touring, still you know, wildly popular, making a lot of money. But he said at the time, he paid 35,000 pounds for the car in in, uh, in 1977. That car now, Ben and Kurt, can you imagine what that car is worth now? 30 million pounds. 30 million. It went from... It went from 35,000 pounds up to 30 million pounds. You know what? I got to say, too, I think he could get more because that's the kind of car you don't usually sell directly. You would auction it. I guess. Yeah. I mean, in, in 2018, the 64 250 GTO sold for 70 million. Oh, gosh. U.S. dollars. You right? know, of course, of course. This yeah. All, so how many pounds is that? I normally do the calculation, but uh, but but the thing is, like initially, he also said, "Oh man, you know, thirty five thousand pounds. This is a this is a stupid deal. Why am I spending so much money on this car?" Had no idea that when he hung on to it, that it was going to be worth this this much money. I think initially, he also said that he was he, he liked driving. He said it was just a fun car to drive, and it was always working compared to some of his other cars in his collection. Even then, he had a small collection. And he said, you know, he'd take his kids to school, drive it through the, uh, you know, through the carpool lane, that kind of thing. And it was just a, a fun car to be in. And, uh, and, of course, the kids loved it. When you thought he couldn't get any cooler. Yeah. He did. Exactly, exactly right. He just, uh, he just topped yeah. it. Yeah. He also, you know, as you said, he's a bit of a gearhead himself, you know. Uh, his, he was at the Goodwood Speed Festival, or Festival of Speed, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, as recently as 2016. And he's not a super young guy. No, no. Like, 75, uh, I want to say. I think he's older than that, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Seems seems like he would be older than that, right? At this yeah, point. Yeah, I would think. Maybe five years, maybe 
10 years older at the most. Uh, but still, I still, still loving his car collection. And, and uh, man, I, I still like it that he brings them out too. Because uh, we get to, you know, we get to see them, I guess. You know, otherwise, they'd be locked away in that airplane, airplane hangar. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Another gearhead. Well, you know what? I don't know if he's a gearhead or not, but he's a fan. Anyway, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, Wait, yeah. Okay, so Jerry Seinfeld, he's, he's a comedian, of course, actor, um, also a car guy, mainly Porsche. He's a, he's a Porsche fan, and I think we all knew that from his Seinfeld days, right? Yeah. And we'd see the posters in the background, you know, on the set that, you know, there were always por- Porsche posters. But he's kind of associated with that now. That's, a, that's his thing. That's his, uh, his wheelhouse, you know? He collects them. He had at one point, I think it was... Um, 46 Porsches at some point in his collection, along with, you know, like Leno, he had, you know, a, a, a staff of people to take care of them and maintain them. Um, he did sell some off in 2016 at an auction. He sold about 18 of them. So I guess, I mean, according to that county, he has about 28 left. But I would guess that since, you know, since then, he's probably purchased more Porsches, if I had to, I had to guess. Um, but I don't think, I don't think that his uh, collection is limited to just that. I mean, he seems to have an appreciation for all cars, um, especially with his uh, his comedy show, right? The um, what is comedians it, uh, in cars getting coffee. Yeah, that's right. Coffee, comedians, something like that. Yeah. 
in cars. Or cars. Yeah. Cars is the, the phrase cars is in the title. <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can see like uh, this surprised some people. A lot of those cars you see him driving in those shows, those are his cars. They're not rentals. Yeah, and they're they're not Porsches every one of them. I mean, no, no, there no, are no. some here and there, but he's got some really unusual cars there, um which I find fascinating. I love watching people uh you know kind of check out that car for the first time like you expect me to get into this little tin can or you know whatever it is or uh this behemoth of a car that we're going to get into it's always so funny to see the reaction of the person who has no idea what vehicle they're going to be driving yeah always funny um how about john senna cena senna i think it's cena cena, cena. Yeah. cena. i'm not a wrestler wrestler fan. yeah yeah I'm, are you a wrestling fan Kurt? Mm, no no mm. okay hm. i went through a phase pink floyd wrestling what else <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he, yeah, I'm not necessarily a wrestling fan, but I have watched wrestling. Of course, he's he's also an actor. Mm-hmm. Most people now probably know him as an actor. I think mm-hmm. I would think at this point. Yeah, uh, the wrestling was a few years ago. Um, but this guy, he collects American muscle cars. I think you would guess that, right, with John Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, he my neighbor, my neighbor, my next door neighbor at home looks just like John Cena. Like, built like John Cena, looks like John Cena. He isn't John Cena. I've, I've, I've verified that. He's a security guard on movie sets here in town. I, think, mm-hmm. I don't think he's just a security. I think he's, like, a, um, uh, maybe even a partner in the, in the company that rents out security guards to, you know, movie sets, movie, um, movie productions that are happening here in town, which is a, a cool business to be in. Uh, but the guy is just, like, he's built like a mountain, this guy. But he looks just like John Cena. And so every time I, I, I see him, I think of, uh, you know, his films or, you know, think of him anyway. But he does collect these American muscle cars. He's got things like, you know, Buicks and Cougars and Charters and AMC cars. He's got just a bunch of really cool old American iron muscle cars, which I think is a, a, a great collection to have. You don't see too many people collecting those these days. Any, anybody, any celebrities with a lot of money, they're collecting typically the exotics. Sure. Yeah. Cena has a 89 Jeep Wrangler in his collection. <laughs> Does he really? Yeah. <laughs> now, okay, now that sounds like something I might have in, in my collection. <laughs> that's, that's not as impressive. <laughs> that's one thing I did love while I was reading on, um, for some reason it happened with a lot of musicians too. I, I was reading about their collections and you would see these long screeds of stuff like the Lamborghini, you know, the Aston Martin, mm-hmm. uh, the very rare Porsche or so on. And then would be like, and of course their 1986, you know, Land Rover. Or it's like, or, and their trusty pick, their trusty Ranger pickup truck. Yeah, you know that's the one they take to the uh, to the gym or to the mall. Yeah, and it's probably their favorite one. It probably is. Yeah, because the most it's it's the one that works every time you turn the key. That's the thrust behind having a car like that in your collection is one that you can always count on. Right? You got it. You got the Toyota Corolla, and then you've also got the uh, the Ferrari FXX. Uh, how about this one? Floyd Mayweather. I'll get yeah, the name yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so uh, pro boxer, champion pro boxer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is said to have uh, said to own more than 100 cars. Now, you typically only see a few of his at a time, but this is also a person that, you know, he'll go into town, into Vegas for a big fight, and while he's there, he'll pick up, you know, a Rolls Royce, pick up a McLaren, pick up whatever, and have, you know, the photo shoot outside of the casino where he's fighting, you know, with, with the cars, you know, that kind of, that kind of showiness to it. So it's always fascinating to see what May- Mayweather has with him or have several of the same vehicle. In fact, he's known to buy multiples of the same car if he likes the style, if he likes the design of the car, he'll pick up several of the same type of vehicle. So if he likes the Bugatti, which is an, 
incredible car to, to like, uh, you know, to want to want to have multiples of. He does. He has, I, I think I want to say like three, he might have three Bugattis, I believe, at least three. That's pretty um, wild. He also has, he also has a Bugatti Chiron. Now, the, the Chiron is that special model that we had, had seen. And the one that they showed in the, in the photograph, in the article that I was looking for, it's the one that looks almost like it's coming right out of a, a game, like a, like a racing game. It's that light blue, dark blue combination. It looks like a, a race car. It looks like a, a cartoon of itself, really. Mm-hmm. Um, valued somewhere around $3.5 million just for that one vehicle. Um, he also has, you know, Koenigsegg, which is valued somewhere around $5 million, I believe. Uh, Lamborghinis, Rolls-Royce, McLarens, Bentleys, you know, a lot of luxury vehicles as well. So it's not just sports cars with him. Um, a lot of flash, though. A lot of flash in Floyd Mayweather's collection. Also read <laughs> that he, uh, <laughs> he call- has a... Color-coded car collection as well. Really? He keeps white cars in Miami, and he has a, a garage full of black cars in Los Angeles. What an oh, interesting problem to have, man. Kidding me. Yeah. It's a different world than Tony it, it, <laughs> it really is, yeah. I think that's a little too cool for school. <laughs> yeah, that's just one of those things. Oh, man. Uh, you know who's not too cool for school, though? I'll, I'll throw a name out there. Okay. That may be a surprise to some of us in the audience today. You guys remember Mr. Bean? Yes. <laughs> Rowan Atkinson, like, has a car collection. I guess it's not too surprising because he's been on Top Gear and stuff. He is known for his luxury car collection. He also has an F1, mm-hmm. uh, and he has an Aston Martin uh, V8 Vantage, I think. And th- these are just two examples. Uh, he has some really top-end, very nice cars. Uh, but he's also as well known uh, for wrecking cars as he is for collecting them. (laughs) Like the guy has two lead feet. I will tell you this. I I remember talking about Rowan Atkinson. Atkinson, Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Rowan Atkinson's car collection only because of the F1 accidents. He has crashed. You know that F1 that we were just talking about with Leno's collection and other people have one as well. Ralph Lauren, I believe, has one too. He has crashed that F1 twice and had it rebuilt. Yeah. Uh, so he is he is definitely a driver of these vehicles. But he's probably, you know, it's funny, out of all those cars that he has, the best in his collection, he's, he's probably most well-known for the car that he drove as Mr. Bean, right? That Mini. Oh, the, yeah. The, the Mini Cooper, <laughs> right. which is so funny. I mean, it's just, it, it's a great car, don't get me wrong, but, uh, but you know, it's just kind of comical to think of him in that versus the cars that he actually drives in real life. Can I mention another one that I think is just a bit absurd on this list? Yes, all please. Right, so... <laughs> I, I don't really know about this, and, and you tell me what you think, uh, b- the both of you. Um, listeners can chime in on this, too. You know how when celebrities show up to, uh, you know, red carpet events, they they arrive in some amazing vehicle, you know, Rolls-Royce Ghost or, uh, you know, a, a pink Bentley or, you know, whatever happens, yeah. whatever happens to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How often do you think that that, I, I just wonder if that's their car or if that's just like a car I'm borrowing from this producer that I know, this music producer that I know or this actor that I know or whatever. I wonder if it's really their car or not because the, the next person on this list, she has the means to get these cars, of course, to buy these cars. I just don't see her as a car person. It's Kim Kardashian. We've been on the air a long time. I don't think we've ever talked about Kim Kardashian on Car Stuff. I don't believe we have. Well, I think that is uh, untrammeled <laughs> territory for us, my friend. It could be, but I, but although, you know, her husband, I could see us talking about Kanye West. I think maybe we have mentioned Kanye West. But she is a real, uh, reality TV star, for those of you don't, that don't know. But apparently she has, you know, a lot of luxury cars, and I don't know if she's kept all of them. You know, again, some of these might be on loan from, you know, from dealers in the area that just want their product to be seen 
with Kim Kardashian, and that happens a lot. But um, she's been seen in My Box, Rolls Royce, the you know Rolls Royce Ghost, and Phantom models. Uh, of course, Ferraris. I guess she she has this whole fleet of luxury sport exotics over the years that I, I don't really know if she's hanging on to them, if you know if they're keeping them or not, or if she and Kanye own them together, or, or what's going on there. But it's kind of a, a strange thing. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think Kim Kardashian is really a car person? I am very tempted to say no, but that also feels a little bit unfair because you know I've never met Kim, so yeah. I who knows she might be she might be changing the oil right now. She might be dropping a fuel tank and replacing something. Probably, you know, you know I, I envision that she's probably at like a pull apart there in Los Angeles, and she's frustrated that someone has put you know the differential from the car that she needs right in the in the truck bed of the the vehicle next to it. She's probably like kicking stuff around and. Angry. Probably you know? haggling. Probably, yeah. yeah, she's got that wheelbarrow, you know, that they give you, you know, to carry your parts and mm-hmm. tools and things. And she's probably, like, just super frustrated right now about that situation. Probably. Yeah. It's a very likely scenario, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. All right, well. Are, are you done with that one? Are you done with that? <laughs> You're going to feel so bad if it turns out. That she she that might you know what for all we know I mean monkey wrench we yeah. really have we don't have any idea but I just don't picture her as a car person I don't know I've never seen grease under fingers and social no, media social media is so performative that if she was a big car person it follows by being a social media influencer that she would be more public about it I would think so right I would I would think so all right here's one Donald Trump. Didn't expect me to say that name, did you? But Donald Trump, he apparently in the past has had a fleet, a fleet of Rolls-Royce cars, limos, luxury cars, that type of thing, as you might expect with uh, with the wealth that he had in, in his youth and even now. He, of course, was born into a very wealthy family, but mm-hmm. he, he uh, must be a car guy also because he had a role, he had Rolls-Royce build him a replica of his favorite car, his first car, which was a 1956 Rolls-Royce Silver Cloud, of all things. I mean, it's a very mm-hmm. ornate, beautiful-looking car. It's really, really cool, but I, it's just somebody I don't picture as being a, uh, um, a a car person. What a great and weird first car to have. Oh, I know. A, a 56 I, Rolls-Royce. I would not give a 16-year-old a 56 anything. Well, as you said before, it's a different world, isn't it's it? Different I mean, world. it really is a different world. How about, um, how about, oh, here's a good one. I like this one. This is one completely out of left field for me. I had no idea. Another comedian. Any guesses? Another comedian. I've got a couple of guesses, but I th- they, they might all be wrong. Okay. Um, okay, people who know they're comedians? <laughs> yeah, people who know they're comedians, Okay, yes. okay. So Nicolas Cage is out, but uh, he has nope. a great collection. <laughs> he does. We'll get to that. Um, Tim Allen? Nope. Oh. But he's also on the list, so we'll get to him, too. Okay, I'm who? thinking of Gabriel Iglesias. And really? uh, yeah, now I had no idea that he was into cars either, but his very first car was a 1968 VW Transporter. And he has, in, with his success, you know, on television and, you know, comedy, has amassed a, a fortune and decided to purchase a collection of Volkswagen buses and Beetles, of course, a rare collection, you know, the, the rarities, $3 million collection of cars that he owns. And he has even built a, um, a, a minivan. I guess uh, it's not minivan and Beatles, of course, mm-hmm. a uh, museum that is strictly for like his VWs, and it's a it's a huge facility. It's a, apparently uh, meant to look a lot like the uh, the German factory that they were originally produced in. So Gabriel Iglesias has this this massive collection of VW buses and Beatles. I, I had no idea, and uh, I, I've seen photos of them. 
pretty incredible stuff. And I, I don't know if it's open to the public or, or not, or if it's just, you know, special invite or what, but fantastic collection. I guess if you get a chance to see it, yeah, why not? That's super cool. Yeah. And I, I got to say, this is just a personal aesthetic of mine, but I tend to be more drawn to the collections where someone clearly had this theme or, you know, in the case of, uh, in, in the case of like Seinfeld, something bordering on an obsession, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I understand, you know, if we're collectors, if we have that wherewithal, you know, like Scott, when you had your fleet, <laughs> we want to vary it so that yeah. we, we have some variety, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's even more kind of opulent and living the high life for someone to say, yeah, I could buy one of every muscle car, but I think I'm just going to buy VW wagons, man. All I, I, VW wagons. That's all I'm going to do. You know, get another hanger because I need some more <laughs> wagons. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a, like a true passion there, a true love at that point, right? Yeah. Um, okay, here's another one that I question. I, I, I'm not sure. I can't see this person being a car person, but you never know again. Ellen DeGeneres. Do you see Ellen DeGeneres as being a, a car person? Interesting. Yeah. Now, I mean, she drives a fantastic car around town. I guess she's regularly uh, seen in a Ferrari California around town. Just kind of that's her commuter car. Getting you know, a Ferrari's her daily driver. Yeah, well, getting to and from the studio and you know wherever she goes. But she also has a, a love of uh, Porsche cars. I guess she has several of those right now, and uh, you know keeps them in her garage. You know, she must have a large mansion type home, but she keeps. Uh, a collection of Porsches there as well. I don't know what the number of uh, Porsches that she has there. Uh, of course, this is a, a comedian talk show host, made her money doing that, probably mostly talk show host. But to drive around in a Ferrari California all day, that's not bad. Uh, but I don't think that she's like, you know, to the point where she's buying multiple Ferraris either. I think that, you know, she just decided that I like that one. It's convertible. It's a cool car. It's going to work when I, you know, turn the key and I can get to, you know, my uh, Pilates class or wherever she goes. I don't know. You find that funny, Kurt? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean. <laughs> Does that amuse you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, where would Ellen go? I mean, besides the studio, grocery Vacation, store, yeah. second home. She's a dancer, right? Gas station, the beach. Yeah, oh, the beach. I can see you're going yeah. to the beach. Yeah. yeah, the mountains. Yeah, to do some skiing. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're Ellen DeGeneres and you got a Ferrari, I mean, you might. I guess you wouldn't go to places with speed bumps. Yeah, yeah, good point. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. 
Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. You know, everybody has their own wellness routine, their own approach to a healthy lifestyle. A lot of the most successful ones include herbs like ginger root, ashwagandha, and so many others. Nature's Way has been sourcing herbs like those for over 50 years. They understand that nature is the ultimate problem solver. So they're dedicated to providing plant-powered formulas to help people live healthier lives. Their herbs can support your health in so many ways. For instance, ginger root and slippery elm bark have both been used for centuries all over the world. Ginger root has traditionally been used to soothe occasional digestive upset and slippery elm bark to soothe the GI tract. St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support, which is something we can all use in our modern life. I mean, these herbs come from all over the world, but Nature's Way knows where the best ones grow. They test for potency in their state-of-the-art lab, and their scientists are experts in all things herbs. What's on the label is what's in your bottle, and what's in your bottle are the best herbs around. To learn more, visit naturesway.com. All right, how about, uh, oh, another, uh, another rocker, James Hetfield. Frontman for Metallica. Hmm. Uh, I think a lot of people probably knew that he has a collection, but he collects classic cars, hot rods, that type of thing. Um, he's got like 19, he goes way back though, like 1930s Lincolns. Um, he's got an Auburn Roadster. He's got a, a 53 Buick Skylark. Um, he also has a, a 56 Ford F-150. He's got cars like that, you know, like um, uh, American muscle type cars and also some really interesting old cars that are custom, you know, customized in some way, you know, to uh, you would expect a Metallica frontman to uh, the ways that you would expect them to do that. I guess have that kind of look, that appearance. Yeah, yeah, kind of like in the same vein of the ZZ Top car. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, a lot like that. I think probably you know where the, there's custom body work and you know uh, extra fenders and a lot of chrome and that kind of thing. Um, here's one that you mentioned before, Ben. Tim Allen. Oh yeah, Tim Allen. He uh, he's the guy who. What was that show he did the uh, the sitcom that was real successful? Home Improvement? Yeah, that's the one where you never saw his neighbor's yeah, face. That guy was the best part was of the on, show. He's uh, on Last Man Standing. He's still got some cars on that, too. Guy, he has muscle cars, right? He's yeah. a muscle car guy. He's mostly classic cars, yeah. 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 Um, of all types. I think he's even had some custom built specifically for him. He's definitely a car guy from way back. And as far as I know, I mean, as far as I remember, um, a big Ford guy as well. I don't know if that's specifically the, the vehicles that he collects or, or not, but um, I, know, I know the Ford has a, a special place in his art, too. Um Patrick Dempsey, the actor, he has a collection. I don't know exactly the details of Patrick Dempsey's collection, but I did hear that he he's held on to one car that he's had in particular. Um, I guess when he arrived in L.A., uh, he he had a a Porsche that he was driving. Uh, nineteen, I want to say it's a nineteen sixty three, three fifty six, and he has held on to that car the whole time. He said, you know, that was the car that I had when you know I wasn't successful at all. It was just my getting around town car. And uh, and he's held on to it now. It's probably fairly valuable now at this point. I mean, yeah. not only because it's Patrick Dempsey's car, but also because <laughs> you know, um, you know, just hold on to something long enough like that, it becomes a classic, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But it's in good shape. And uh, and he said, you know, it's just something that you know is, is something near and dear to his heart, and he's going to hang on to it. In addition to all these other supposedly fantastic cars that he's got in his collection, not supposedly, you know, fantastic. I'm sure they are. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I also heard the guy who plays uh, Captain America in the Marvel films is a car guy, Chris Evans. Oh, okay. He also gets Ferraris. He's got a Ferrari 250 GT, mm-hmm. uh, California Spider, and mm-hmm. that's the McQueen's, Steve, one of Steve McQueen's. Oh, really? And then yeah, that's cool. He uh, also used to own the original Chitty Chitty Bang Bang car. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I find that oh, so wait, funny. He but... might still own that's, it. That's cool. He tried to sell it in 2015, and I don't think anybody <laughs> really wanted it. Oh, no. That's terrible. <laughs> well, I'd, you know. It's... I would buy that car. Come on, I remember that. I remember that from when I was a kid. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, flying car. How could he? How could he not want a flying car? I mean, we haven't talked about flying cars in a long time. <sighs> Scott, I've got some news for you, man. I, I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. That's Everybody the, knows my uh, hatred. For, my hatred for flying. You cars, talked yeah. to me that you know it's one of the biggest disagreements we've had on this show. But you, you know, I, I think we got to a reasonable place uh, for anyone who doesn't remember this long-standing. Uh, Corporate America would call it a healthy conversation. Sure. This long-standing debate. Uh, Scott, you're very anti-flying cars. Very. Uh, and I am very anti-people other than me having flying cars. <laughs> I feel like as long as I'm the only one who has one, it'll be great. That's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, you know, if you're surrounded by defensive drivers and you're the only jerk being an offensive driver. Yeah, you're okay. You're okay. Yeah, why not? And could you imagine how hectic it would be up there if everyone had a flying car? One of my many, A2, many points. A2, yeah. Brute. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We will have to. You know what, Kurt? We haven't ever brought you in on this uh, this flying car conversation. No, but I could get into it. We are going to have to do that. Forward uh, to and, the future. Yeah, we, we definitely will because, uh, you know, there probably have been some advancements. Or at least some kind of movement. I wouldn't say advancements. You've movement. never wished you could just fly over the traffic jam? Oh, I wish that all the time, Kurt. But it's a terrible idea. Okay. It's a terrible idea. Even for, I mean, for anybody, it's a terrible idea. Here we go. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm going to cut myself off here. Well, because, yeah. I just want to note also. Oh, oh, I just want to <laughs> note also, point of order, and we can table this for a later episode. But, uh, Scott, you have been on record in favor of things like homemade helicopters. Didn't you see a guy in a homemade helicopter up, like, north of town? I have, and I don't think I'm on record for liking them. I think I'm on record for disliking the homemade ones. All right, well, I'm going to listen back to the tape. Well, you know, possibly, okay, here's, I'm trying to think of how I uh, how I stood on this, because I was not in favor of it being directly overhead, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, but I would be in favor of having that, you know, quick transport across town. I mean, that'd be fantastic. Right, so helicopters are everywhere. I, I, what, what gives? We're in a building that could <laughs> easily, easily have a helipad on top. I mean, easily. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, along with everything that's already up there right now, all that crap that's up there. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, there's a have lot you been of, up there there's, recently? There's a skating rink up there, Ben. And a slide. There's a slide. I think that there is a, a putt-putt golf course. Uh-huh. There's a, uh, a bar. There's some carnival rides. Yeah, carnival mm-hmm. rides. There's games, like, like yeah. you know, games of skill. Uh, which are probably rigged. I don't know. There's like a club and three restaurants. The roof is way cooler than our office. And you we could just have to admit easily that. land a helicopter up there. You really oh, could. Sure. I mean, there's so much space up there. So I would be in favor of that. But uh, man, when it was hovering over my car, no way, no way. All it, right, it, man. No. Okay. That'd, be, that'd be something to dive into, though. Oh, uh, yeah. Ultralight aircraft as well. Oh just yeah. How, like oh, I mean. Okay. I used to see one as a kid flying over, and I never—it never dawned on me how insane that whole activity make is. Make a note just, here. Make a note. Uh, Kurt, wow, is asking for it. Yeah, you came in, uh, Kurt. 
Okay. Man, you, you, Exclamation point. You've come in fairly recently <laughs> to a very long, long-standing debate and conversation. Oh, why don't we just make them all electric flying all right, cars? How right. about that? Electric <laughs> flying cars. That's the Here best idea ever. See, what's happening yeah. right now is our esteemed co-host and I are making like, it's like we're playing Go or we're playing the initial uh, moves of a game of chess. This is all for another episode, what yeah. just happened. I'm going to check the tape. Anyway, uh, we were having such fun, car collections. Yeah, okay, I'll get back to it. How about this? Well, let's talk about another Porsche owner, uh, Porsche collector, Magnus Walker. Now, Magnus Walker, he's kind of a like a counterculture type of guy. He was a um, a clothing designer, and from what I understand, this guy was running like just like a T-shirt stand. I don't even know if it was a shop. It was just a stand, they said. I don't know if that means a cart or what, but um, on Venice Beach or Venice Boulevard and uh, decided that, you know, along the way, he got bigger and, you know, he kind of grew in popularity, of course, uh, with his money, decided that he was going to start collecting Porsches. And and he's one to modify them. He's not one to keep them all pristine and, and, you know, from the factory original or anything like that. But Magnus Walker, very interesting guy to talk to. I mean, I've heard, I haven't talked to him. I've, I've, Heard interviews with him, um, and uh, seen some of his uh, his finished products. Uh, very very cool. Um, lots of uh, YouTube material out there about the guy, and uh, mm-hmm. he's just a, an interesting character. If you want to look into someone who's a uh, um, a Porsche collector that has a lot of heart, I think that's him. He really has a, a love for it. Uh, Paul Walker, Paul Walker, the uh, the former actor, Fast first, and Furious, yeah, yeah deceased, but um, he's uh, of course best known for those Fast and Furious movies, but. Has an amazing car collection or had an amazing car collection. I, I don't know what the current status of that is. I don't know if they were selling that or if, you know, if it was like an auction thing or if they're going to open it up to the public or what. But um, had many, many cars that were uh, were pretty cool. There's some from the movie, of course, you know, the, the cars like in the movie or the actual movie cars themselves. But, um, you know, some interesting BMWs. He had um, mm-hmm. some, uh, you know, a lot of import cars that were tuned, of course, you know, like as you would expect out of, you know, somebody in that film. But just a, a fascinating car collection. You should look into it and see if you can find a, a good list of what was in there. Um, okay, here's another one that I have a question about. This is a uh, another rocker guy. Um, I don't know, retired, semi-retired maybe? Steven Tyler. Steven oh, Tyler yeah, from, Aerosmith. Uh, yeah, Aerosmith. Yeah, that's right. Front man from Aerosmith. Um, you know, the guy with the scarfs around the uh, around the mic. Kind of like the scarf you got wrapped around your mic, Ben. Scarf like everything. Yeah, I'm <laughs> clearly inspired by Steven Tyler here. It's the whole reason I got into podcasting. Uh, it's a good look. It's thanks, good look. man. Yeah, I thanks. Like I like it. I don't know how you read your notes through that. Though. Uh, they're on the scarf. They're written on the <laughs> scarf. Uh, actually, you know, now you mentioned it, that guy... Our our pal from uh, Stuff to Blow Your Mind, Joe McCormick, mm-hmm. he is the one who hipped me to Steven Tyler's country album. Oh. And that guy is going into country now. Is he? Yeah, it's oh. not for me. But, okay, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I love country music, and I, I just don't agree with what he's done to it. Okay, all right, fair enough. But Aerosmith, solid band. Yeah, I like Aerosmith. I had no idea he was a car collector. Yes, he is. And I, I here's the thing, I, I'm... I'm going to put this in the questionable category because I, I think he li- I think he likes cars. I think he's a car guy. I don't know if he necessarily has a large collection. If he does, I haven't seen anything written about it. I haven't seen photographs of him with a large collection. I've only seen him with individual vehicles that are pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, the most recent one. Well, you know, I'll tell you about a couple others first. There's a, he has a Panos Roadster. Um, he also has a couple of uh, turbo Porsches, and uh, I think it's I think he had a Lotus Elise, and you know those type of cars along, along the way. 
One car that is uh, his recent, his most recent purchase, or at least the one that's most publicized anyway, uh, was a Hennessy Venom GT Spider. Now, this is the car that was known, I think, as the, um, it was like a top speed, it was like the top speed production vehicle from a couple of years back. Um, I don't know if I'm, I don't have exactly all the right words put together in the right way for that, uh, for that record to be true. <laughs> it's like the uh, <laughs> fastest accelerator. I can't remember what it was exactly, but it's the, uh, the Hennessy Venom GT Spider. And he had a, uh, of course, a Spider version. He had a Spider version made specifically for himself. It's a black vehicle. You'll see him standing next to it if you, if you type in, in Google, do a word search, you know, with, uh, with his name in that vehicle, you'll find it. Uh, impressive car, very expensive, of course, but uh, man, it's it's a great vehicle. Not many people have those, by the way. All right, one more that's uh, a questionable, and you know, there's a few here that are questionable. I'll just I'll just laundry list them real quick. Janet Jackson, who is known to have many luxury vehicles, she has a couple of Lamborghinis, uh, which are sports cars, of course, but she has a uh, Bentley and Aston Martin. Um, I don't know, I haven't seen many more cars listed than that, but they call her. Um, like a luxury car collector, but that's only four cars that I count, so I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you guys think? Do you think Janet Jackson is likely a car person as well? I kind of get that same Kim Kardashian feel out of Janet Jackson. Yeah, if you have the money and the means, I feel like why not be seen in nice cars? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Janet Jackson, Kim Kardashian, anybody. Yeah. But but yeah. is it but is it your Does guess? Does it make you a collector though? Well, yeah. I, I mean, know. is it your guess? Like, how many do you have to have to have a, a collection? Because she's got four really nice cars that are worth way more than anything I'll ever own, probably. You know, and and she's got again four of them at a time. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't have like fifteen or twenty or fifty or a hundred like a lot of these other collectors. Yeah, do. to me, a collector. I mean, you can have a collection of. Five cars, four cars, but sure. you would have to kind of be going for that, I guess. So you'd have to have a reason behind it. Yeah. And maybe to some of these folks, these cars are just nice things to have. Yeah. In addition to all the other nice things one could possibly have. Well, sure. at a certain level, it's kind of like you're buying art. If you don't yeah. care about cars, if you're not planning to drive them, you might just say, I want this because this feels very luxurious and beautiful. It's kind of like just because somebody buys a very expensive oil painting that doesn't make them a painter. Sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I I was thinking about that too earlier that, you know, with all the money that actors and, so, you know, celebrities and, I guess, chefs and <laughs> rockers and whoever, you know, they, they all make so much money at what they do and they can buy just about anything they want. Some of them buy jewelry. Some of them buy artwork, like you said. Some of them buy clothes. Some of them buy real estate. Fabergé eggs. Yeah, <laughs> Like Krusty the Clown, <laughs> he breaks him against the wall. Um, yeah, I don't. I, yeah, there's there's any number of things that you can buy, but you could be a car person or a car guy or car girl, and and still appreciate cars, but maybe only have you know one or two cars, and still enjoy them. But you also have you know every other luxury that life can afford. You know that you mm-hmm. can afford in your life. So, um, I don't know. That's where I get kind of hung up on this. Like, what is a what is a true car collection? What does it take to have? A collection versus just I have an interest in this and I have you know three four or five of them uh, between you know there's a big difference between that and someone who you know buys an aircraft hangar and parks fifty of them one foot apart. Well, I was looking up while we were recording. I was looking up the you know any hard definition of a fleet or a collection, mm-hmm. and typically. Uh, the best definition is that a fleet is at least two or more cars. So yes, Scott, in a way you did have a fleet. <laughs> oh, wow. However, some insurance places uh, have a higher cutoff 
uh, they won't allow fleet insurance unless you have, you know, like mm. five or maybe 10 plus vehicles or okay. something like that. Right. And and that depends. Always shop around with insurance. So I technically had a fleet of cars at one point for a very short time. Yeah. Very short time. Well, how sh- was it like an afternoon? Well, I've, I've had, unfortunately, uh, well, sometimes fortunately, but usually unfortunately, I've had more than one car at one time. <laughs> it ends up being, unfortunately, at some point. Uh, but for a short time, I did have three and, uh, and they were all you know, running, driving cars, and they were all, I, I loved them. They were great, but I also realized I had to, you know, let one or two of them go at some point. Um, at the time, it was just one. I let one go, and then uh, That's it was tough. A, little, a little sad, and then, uh, you know, something else takes its place, and then another one goes. So, you know, try to can, try to maintain two at all times, but uh, right now I'm down to just one. Yeah. There's three in the family. Right. You know, my, my wife and daughter drive as well, um, but I just have the one, and it's, uh, I don't know. I wish I had an extra one. And you got rid of the Newport, man. I did, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. sad yeah. day. I, I mean, I feel you. I'm about to... That was about 14 months ago. Yeah, I'm about to get get rid of uh, or say goodbye to uh, my Monte Carlo. I still have it. It's just... So oh, so technically, you've got a fleet right now of two cars, mm-hmm. Yeah, right? this is what it's like at the top, gentlemen. The Escape. We'll have to, you know what? Can we talk about the Escape in the next episode? Yeah, if you want, All right, sure. Well, well, maybe we'll do that right off the top in the next episode because right. I, uh, I forgot to ask you in this one. Holy cow. What was I thinking? Oh, yeah. I know. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. No, yeah. I haven't wrecked it yet. <laughs> <laughs> I have not Mr. Beaned it into a tree. Uh, Mr. Beaned it. Yeah, okay. Um, all right. Here's another one. Lady Gaga. That's probably the first time Lady Gaga has also been mentioned in car stuff, but uh, if I had to guess. But apparently she has a 65 Lincoln Continental that she absolutely adores, loves that vehicle, and also drives a Ford Bronco, which is a, a nice bad choice. But she also has three Rolls Royces that she drives around town, or at least has driven around town. I don't know if she drives them herself or, or not, but um, I would guess if those other two cars are hers, she probably drives the Rolls Royce as well. Um, but that's five cars. That's, uh, that's getting closer to a, a proper collection, I guess. Someone who does have a proper collection, Simon Cowell. Simon Cowell's got a lot right. of vehicles. And this is odd because I, I, I just never picked him as a car guy until one day. This is a, a while back, a few years ago. And this is uh, right at the, I, I guess American Idol's still on, right? It's still there. Uh, but yeah. this was fairly early on in American Idol. It was, uh, it was you know, peak popularity still. And uh, I'm sure it's still very popular. But I see this photo of Simon Cowell, and he's in a Bugatti Veyron. And I had no idea up until that point that he was like a car guy. So I was really just shocked to see that. I don't know why. But just didn't have him picked as a, uh, um, you know, an upper-end exotic sports car type of guy. I've read about his collection before, and he definitely appreciates the vehicles, but you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I guess because like most people in the United States, I only heard of the guy or experienced uh, any any sort of of any of his work from those different reality shows, mm-hmm. those American Idols and things like that. So I don't really associate him with car. Culture. Have you ever seen? He's got a, well, a car called the uh, the Jaguar Eagle Speedster. Have you ever seen that one? It's a lot like a Jaguar E-Type, only you have to imagine it's like a completely updated Jaguar E-Type, and it's valued somewhere around, it, it, the approximate value of this car starts around a million dollars, so you can imagine what that vehicle is loaded with. Um, wow. But he's got one of those, apparently, as well. So the guy definitely likes his sports cars. He's got uh, a, a decent collection, from what I hear. Maybe the last one on my list here. Oh, we, you know what? Not the last one. Second to last. We talked about Nicolas Cage. 
Nicolas Cage has a, a pretty impressive collection. One car in particular that gets a lot of attention in his collection is a Ford Mustang. Uh, it was a 1967 Shelby GT500 that is, uh, I guess, a, a reproduction of Eleanor. And it's the uh, it's the Eleanor Mustang that is from that movie that he was in, uh, the Gone in 60 Seconds movie, which is, of course, a remake as, as well. But mm. um, the Eleanor Ford Mustang gets a lot, of, a lot of press in his collection. He does, however, have a Jaguar D-Type and... I found this interesting. He also has Bugattis with an S at the end. That's multiple Bugattis. So well, he's, oh, come uh, on. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he makes a, he makes no, a pile no, of money. No, I believe you. I'm just like, come on. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. Nicholas K. He makes a pile of money doing his uh, his films, though. So, yeah, of course, he can afford what he wants, and I guess he likes Bugattis, likes, uh, likes sports cars. Uh, the Jaguar D-Type, that's pretty impressive as well. All right, last one on the list, and uh, this is at least my list anyway. If you've got any more to throw in there, please do. This is a surprise to me, but I don't know why. Jamaican sprinter Usain Bolt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why does he need to drive? Yeah. I get it. <laughs> the guy just, he just run wherever he wants to go, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Only short true. distances, though. I watch, you know, just today I was watching, um, watching his record-breaking 100-meter run from back in the Olympics. Uh-huh. And I think it was 2000, I got it written down here, 2009. Um, the guy did the, uh, the 100 meters in 9.58 seconds. I think I could take him. I think I could beat him. I was just going to say that, yeah. Yeah, I have, um, I have kind of like a frame built for uh, quick running, like like a sprinting like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. You guys have probably noticed that, you know, here and They the, call uh, you the cheetah at the well, office. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would guess that. Yeah. I, mean, I don't have the, the custom plate on my car yet or anything, but mm-hmm. it's probably coming. You yeah, know but, what you should do? You should start, you should get a vanity plate that says the cheetah, and you should start driving around that gold-wrapped car that we saw outside of the office yesterday. That's a fantastic right? idea. You need to start dressing in all yellow. I, I could do this. I really could do this. <laughs> I feel this. like this could be a big move for you, man. But 2020. I, I mean, really, I just, I feel like I haven't, uh, I, I just haven't made like the official challenge to the time yet, you know, and, and yeah. it's probably coming. So just watch for that, everybody. It's just I scheduling mean, and emails, it really. really is. It's, That's it's what it is. It's tough getting around to it. I know the Olympics are coming up 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some things on my schedule already. I don't know. We'll, yeah, see. we'll see. You're like Bob Dylan uh, dropping out of the Nobel Literature Prize. <laughs> You've got stuff to do. I do. I do. Um, but, I, I mean, really, on, to be honest, he's got, a, I guess, several Ferraris in his collection, which oh, I, ne- sure. I never would have guessed this from Usain Bolt. I don't, I don't know why I wouldn't have, but it kind of makes sense, though. The guy likes to run fast. He likes to drive fast. He's all about speed. He's into the speed. I guess so. I will, I will add just a couple of more here. Um, maybe, Kurt, you and I can trade off if you've got some, too. Uh, Eric Clapton, when I, was, when I was younger, I did not know the extent of his love for cars. Uh, it's such that in his autobiography that came out in 2007, he spends a lot of time talking about how much he loves classic cars. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Ferraris. Uh, he has multiple Ferraris. Uh, one of the most unique cars in his collection is a specially commissioned one-off Ferrari 458, uh, and he paid three million pounds for it when he bought it. I hear that he has trouble shifting his Ferraris, though. Um, yeah. He's got that nickname Slowhand, right? Yes. So he's not very good at the gear switches. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, any time he's beat by an automatic every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a, that's a great tragedy that really propels a lot of his work. It is, I know. I know. Um, sad. Sad when you get a collection like that, you just can't really use it to its advantage, you know. And then, of course, on, honorable mention to Idris Elba, the actor uh, who, you know, I didn't know this, but it, growing up, his father worked for Ford. Oh. And so uh, he kind of grew up in a, in a car culture of sorts, or at least adjacent to it, and he loves racing so much that he 
made a deal with uh, BBC to make a documentary called Idris Elba, King of Speed. And it's just him going around the world, taking part in different races, hmm. which not is kind of living the dream. I was going to huh? say, it's not a bad gig if you can get it, right? Right. I mean, that's nice. It'd be pretty cool. Going back to Usain Bolt, he is apparently a mobility guru. He has a scooter company and an electric car that his company announced. It's a $10,000, sub $10,000 electric car, very small. Uh-huh. Uh, called the Bee Nano. <laughs> I don't know. And it looks kind of I don't know why cool. I find that so funny. I Bee Nano. <laughs> okay, so did we talk about... So he's a Bolt, car guy. Did we talk about yeah. Bolt electric vehicles when we were talking about the scooters? I don't mm-hmm. know if we did or not, but uh, I had no idea that he was into that. Yeah. Is it, Me now, either. Until okay, then. I'm going to ask you one follow-up question. Okay. Is all this happening in Jamaica or is this somewhere else? I don't know if where he currently lives or do you... If you don't know, that's fine. I just, uh, I'm just curious where this is all happening. No, in um, France, it looks like. Okay. At least right now, just based on my limited research. Sure. Okay, well, that's interesting. Man, I had no idea he was into into all that stuff. Me either. I was just running. I figured he was just running so fast we didn't know what he was up to because we can't. Yeah, he's diversifying. Catch up with him for an interview. Oh, man. Why wouldn't you, with a last name like Bolt, get into the electric game? (laughs) It's interesting that you say this, and I know you're joking, but there's a scientific phenomenon concerning this and scott i think maybe you and i have talked about in the past uh just because we have done the show for so long it's called nominative determinism meaning that someone whose name is something like toothman really does seem to be statistically more likely to become a dental hygienist or a dentist isn't that why your nickname is 10 pin yep that is why my nickname is 10 pin because i am a terror of bowling alleys and i mean a terror as in i am embarrassingly bad uh it's if you ever want an ego boost you're filling down and we happen to be in the same uh part of part of this great country just uh hit me up via email and i will go lose a bowling game to you and i promise i'll try i won't swing it i'm just terrible yeah last time i bowled yeah which was the first time i bowled pretty much ever since i was a kid yeah several years ago my first roll was a strike. Nice. And then I didn't hit anything else for the rest of the game. <laughs> really? Not, yeah. I could I couldn't find the couldn't find the magic again. Came out of the gate hard, but then uh, just yeah, lost I couldn't it. believe. I thought I was going to be a natural at it though. Bring out the bumpers. <laughs> yeah. I'm so, yeah. I'm so bad that one time a guy in the next lane over was convinced that I was like sharking people doing whatever the bowling alley version of <laughs> pool sharking is i guess you could be a bowling shark right yeah, yeah. sure yeah i'm sure that's a uh, is that film kingpin about that uh, yeah yeah sure it is i guess well kind of yeah <laughs> yeah well i'm sorry i i've i've digressed um this yeah. is why i what? love hundred dollar bills as well i'm i'm all about the benjamins that's yeah. right i really yeah. am yeah but but the problem is i don't i don't get too many of them so mm-hmm. i i have to hang on to and covet the ones that i have you know? i've seen you like legitimately confused when people give you change <laughs> you know and you're yeah, like, he's like just staring at us he's like what do I, I i don't i i don't touch anything less than a hundred you know what i mean oh sure sure yeah that's me it's you yep like yep. that time uh you have to like drop it on the floor <laughs> and then he still just walks away. <laughs> he doesn't even put his hand. Right. But we're we're just scratching the surface of these amazing car collections. Each one of them, you know, could be an episode where we just go over each vehicle. Um, but for now, hopefully we've surprised some people. What else? Do you have anything else, Kurt, that's really stuck out in your head? I don't really. No. Uh, oh. 
Wyclef Sean is a car Oh, that's collector. right. We didn't even mention Wyclef Sean. Of the Fugees. Yeah. He, uh, he doesn't talk too much about it. People see him around town or uh, they, you know, he makes an appearance somewhere with one of his cars, but apparently he has quite a stable. Hmm. I think he's one of those guys who has like that range of fancy cars and then like one that's clearly, this is your car, you you know, you, you go to a Wednesday soccer practice with, because like you'll see the list where it's like a McLaren F1, a Bentley Arnage, a Rolls Royce Phantom, and then a Cadillac. Chevy Chevette. A Chevy Chevette, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can see that happening. All right. Well, I, I re- again, I don't know if we have a whole lot more to add to this list, but I would love it if listeners would uh, would chime in with maybe some of their, their favorite car collections that they've seen or, you know, that they know of. You know, maybe it's uh, maybe it's the guy down the street. Maybe it's the girl down the street. Maybe it's, uh, you know, somebody that you know that is a, a small-time actor that is building a collection or, you know, is uh, sometime hoping to build a collection in the near future. But uh, whatever the case may be, you can always check in with us on social media. We're, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are CarStuffHSW at all three of those places. Of course, you can search our podcast archives at iheart.com. And you can also, well, there was another place you can go. You can go to um, Apple Podcasts, right? Right. You can leave feedback at either one of those places. Mm-hmm. And check out our archives there. Now, I will tell you this. I think you pointed this out last time you were here, Ben, that um, on Apple Podcasts, you only get the most recent 300 episodes. But if you go to iHeart.com, you can get the the full Monty. Everything yeah. there, right? The yeah. full Monty. Is that the right, that's not the right use of that. I hope it. You don't want to get the it full Monty now. there. Um, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. This full That'll Monty. Is that like going to have to bleep that out? It is. It is. No. You <laughs> no, leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you. <laughs> Don't go there expecting that, but uh, you can go to iHeart.com and, and yeah. check out all, what, 900-plus episodes we have, and hopefully not the full Monty. And also, if you go to our Facebook page, you can interact with our favorite part of the show, your fellow listeners. It's a great place to recommend topics uh, that you think would be of interest for the future, and it's a great place to follow up, because just because this episode is over does not mean the conversation has ended. And hey, I'm just going to put it out there. If you are someone who has an amazing car collection, we want to hear from you. We'd love to get some pics as well. Absolutely. That'd be great. Thanks for listening, everyone. Car Stuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you haven't heard, it's a good idea to fit probiotics into your daily routine. Fortunately, Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls make that so easy. These adorable little pearls couldn't be easier to take, and they support both digestive and vaginal health all because of the probiotics. There are actually 1 billion active cultures protecting against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort, all in one tiny little pearl. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.